0: The Reality Is is now on Patreon, and here are some of our fabulous supporters. Chastity Davis. Don't be fooled by my name. The only thing I abstain from is your bullshit. Jessica Riley. Where I come from, money can buy you anything, but I'll take the garbage plate. Seiran Hayati. In Sweden, we have ABBA, IKEA, and if you mess with me, some other four-letter words. Kelly Pafer I may be from Down Under, but don't ever underestimate me. Richie D. If you can't be cool, you can't be with Caduce. Megan Shaw. I may be a mom. But I'll never be your model minority Becca Simon It gets icy where I'm from So you know I'll bring the heat Jill Hirsch Your petty drama can't take this warrior down Jamie Allrunner Where I come from, we're known for our great lakes, But I'm just known for my great ass Sarah Gibbs. You may not like the cut of my jib, but that's what you get from Sarah Gibbs. Maria M. Where I'm from, they sing God Save the Queen. So I guess you can call me a god, Jill Walsh. I made it up this hill myself, and I'll kick any jack off. Jesse Willis. I may not run in traffic, but I'll give you a run for your money. Eleanor Manning. I run with a fabulous circle of people, and you're not even on my payroll. John Friedman. Diamonds aren't a girl's best friend. John Friedman is Sarah Watskins Billstein. Playtime is over. This mama means business. Laura Zelinsky. Whether it's breast pumping or fist pumping, this Jersey girl brings the party. Amanda Agosti. Everything is bigger in Texas and my heart is no exception. Tracy Masters. When you're the master of your own destiny, no one can ever take you down. Marl Farsi. Reading is fundamental and in Farsi, the reads are monumental. Tracy Newman. My presence is a gift, so remember the thank you note. Lola Del Rio. Whatever Lola wants, Lola gets and I get it all. Adedocum. In it may look like I'm stirring the pot, but I'm actually just smoking it. Deepa Kanapoli. Some people say I have secrets, but at least they're not federal indictments. Jada. People are intimidated by my great success and my great ass. Naveen Jonathan. I'll give you the shirt off my back and also my unsolicited opinion. Ideal Ibrahim. Some things are too hot to handle, like me and the tea I spill. Trinity Supermania. I have four degrees and eight syllables and zero fucks to give. Beth Bayer. The secret to my success is staying out of yours via Shannon Anthony. There's no fun in moderation, but there's plenty of shame. Rita Ryan. Don't be fooled by my Midwest charm because I'm nobody's fool. Brianna Tony. Some people strive for perfection, but I'm already there. And lastly, Tanisha. While others are turning tables, I'm dancing on them. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? Of the reality is as always, it's Noor. Um, so this episode is going to be in two little parts. I mean, not that I'm releasing two parts, but um, right now I'm going to talk about Rahasas of Beverly Hills and then we'll take a little break. And then right after that, I have Artheon. hey, and uh, we're going to be talking about Rahasas of Dubai. And um, so the Beverly Hills part, I mean, I've spent so much time psychoanalyzing these idiots and just like breaking down all of the shit that drives me crazy that i i don't know how much i have left in me. Also there's construction going on in my house, so i apologize for the background noise. Um but on Beverly Hills, i mean essentially they're still on vacation and this entire episode was just Erica drinking and being drunk. <laughs> you know, it started with everybody, you know, doing their thing, having breakfast in various places and One thing that drives me crazy still about how they're viewing Crystal, and it kind of confirms for me the way that they view her, um, as I discussed last week, which is that they view her as a young person. They view her as entitled. They think that she doesn't know what it's like to live in the real world. They think that she's a perpetual victim. I mean, this is kind of how old older people talk about millennials. That is the thing. They all look down on her because they think that she doesn't deserve what she has. They just think that she hasn't worked hard enough. And they think that she's, you know, just uh, uh, entitled. Her entitlement to her feelings is making her a victim. When we have spent how many episodes and how many seasons of Kyle coming on and talking about some new ailment that we should all feel sorry for. You know, we're talking about Doree and and she has valid, <clears throat> valid fears because she did have her house burglarized, but she is talking about her trauma as if it's like the worst trauma. We have Diana talking about her brother um, dying, you know, in Sarajevo in the war. And when Sutton talks about death in her family, Diana's like, how dare she So, like, we have all these women who are well into their 40s, some into their 50s, and we've seen them show examples time and time again of how their feelings are the most important. I mean, all of Beverly Hills is about that. And now because Crystal said once, I don't feel like I'm in a safe space here, I feel triggered, you guys are going to go on and on about how you think that she is a perpetual victim? I mean, they're literally saying it to her face like Garcelle and – Sutton sit and tell Crystal to her face that we think that it comes off manipulative. Why? Because she processes her feelings differently than they do? And to be honest, I'm not even sure how the Beverly Hills women process their feelings. I don't think they do process their feelings because they love to drag shit on for years and years and years. They carry all these grudges with them all the time from season to season, but because Crystal takes time to process her feelings, and she does it differently than them, they just think she's manipulative. I just don't understand it. You know at some point, I think Dereed says you know she got married young and hasn't been on her own two feet. um excuse me, when's the last time any of you worked When's the last time any of you worked? okay, I'm gonna bring up something that happens later on in the episode, but Basically, they have this moment, and then the rest of the episode is them on a boat and Erica just, you know, saying she's drunk every two seconds. Now, let me tell you something. Erica was totally me the first time I tried pot, where I was like, I'm high. I'm totally high. I'm so high, you guys. I'm like the highest high, and I definitely wasn't high, and <laughs> and what's crazy is like I do think later on she does get pretty drunk. But it's like, I think that she was, she was like regular drunk, but she was just turning it up more and more. Um, But what's crazy is Kyle is being like, you know what? I think this is great for Erica. Like Erica is so fun. She's so much lighter. Meanwhile, she's having a full, Erica's having a full drunken mental breakdown. And Kyle is like, this is so fun. This is like a more fun Erica. What? What is, what? What? kyle where are your standards i don't understand and they're like normalizing medication and booze which like i just i you know bravo does this i mean we had years and years of Stasi casually joking about taking xanaxes and adderalls and drinking god knows what else but like i just i hate it i know this happens a lot like you know, there's like a this culture, even for women my age of like, I love to drink in the middle of the day. This is my this is mommy's mommy's go juice. You know, like the casual, the casual culture of women drinking booze at 10 a.m. for their children's, you know, dance recitals or soccer games. That's that's wild. OK, this this meds plus booze turn up is unsettling. And then we're like, the country has an opioid problem. Shit, I don't know why. God, I, I I cannot figure it out. Anyway, later on they go to dinner, and Garcelle is talking about her birthday and how excited she is. And we get this whole thing where between her and Rena, where she says, you know, Rena, it's a bummer you're not going to be there because Denise is going to be there. And in the confessional, Rena's like, Well, did you invite Denise because you knew I wasn't going to be there? Or did you always want Denise there? Which I'm like, Who cares, Rena? It's none of your business. And then we have Garcelle because Rena says that she did text with Denise. Garcelle says in confessionals, It's not that she doesn't believe Rena, she just wants to make sure. So she texts Denise to confirm if Rena did reach out to her. And Denise says, When? <laughs> Which. By the way, like, I don't believe that that wasn't – like, that doesn't (laughs) – that doesn't confirm that Rena lied. That just also tells me, like, Denise, the kind of person she is. Like, she just seems like somebody who would have – not remember anything about anything. Um, But then later on social media, um, Rena of course, posted the text exchange between her and Denise. And honestly, I just don't give a shit. I don't care. But I do think it's really funny how messy Garcelle is because this is exactly how messy Rina used to be with LVP. So, hi, taste your own medicine, okay? Then, like, we have the dinner, and then Kyle goes on and on about how everybody's so boring. Okay, shut up, Kyle. Just because you could flip your hair and do a split doesn't make you fun, okay? So they all – is it Diana, Kyle, and Dorit go and have some drinks, and Diana is talking about Sutton, and they're talking about how – You know, she's uh, sought and really asked for it basically with Diana. And Diana's like, you know, I could have headbutted her and I don't respond well to this. And, you know, I'm so tough. It's because I'm Bosnian. And they're all responding so well to her being sure of herself. You know, they're like, yeah, Diana's such a badass. Like, she's so cool. She's so tough. I wouldn't want to mess with her. I think Kyle says something like, I wouldn't want to mess with a Bosnian. First of all, what does that mean? What does it mean? But Diana is is sure of herself because she's tough. You know, Diana's sure of herself. She's tough. Erica, she's no nonsense. She's tough. You know, Rina, she's messy and fun. But Crystal, Crystal's manipulative. Crystal is manipulative when she says, I'm not having this conversation with you guys again. She's manipulative when she's sure of herself and she doesn't want to keep fighting with you. Then she's manipulative. When she tells you 10 times that she's not going to be backed into a corner, you call her sneaky. Because finally, when she breaks because you've backed her into a corner, you're going to say she's manipulative and a, and a perpetual victim. W- what is it? Anyway, they take a PJ, and now we're fully, full swing into Diana versus Sutton. Now, as I've said before, I think Sutton is a walking private experience. We hear the conversation between Diana and Sutton, and diana basically says can't we just sit the same way that we came last time because diana doesn't want to sit next to sutton it's not a big fucking deal sutton but sutton has a full private experience and the way she retells garcelle that she's like oh she said to me go to your original seat well that's not really what the conversation was sutton but you are again the queen of private experiences and generally so is the entire cast of her houses of beverly hills but, you know, it kind of reminded me of, of Dorit when she said a couple of seasons ago, it's like when Sutton was a friend of, and she said, you know, she was freaking the fuck out. Uh, Sutton was freaking the fuck out. It kind of reminded me of that because they all like exaggerate in their retelling because they only focus on their own feelings. So Sutton, you know, <laughs> she gets really upset. And what it cracks me up is like, even in a PJ where you think everybody is like really close together, the sound of the humming of the plane is so loud that you can't actually hear when somebody's talking shit about you in like two seats away, which is, you know, relatable. Um, but Sutton hits us with a, "I can get my own plane. Okay, then do that. Okay. Um, another thing that Diana says is that she doesn't think that Garcelle is warm and Knowing <laughs> Diana's clumsy words on the internet about black content creators, mm, something tells me why Diana thinks Garcelle is not warm. Okay, mm, it's not. It's not good for you, Diana. Okay. Somehow Diana's entire shtick is. I have to talk about this because I think that if Diana was a, let's say, a Turkish refugee. Right, if she was a Bosnian, because a lot Bosnians are considered Caucasian, but if she was a more darker skinned Bosnian, right? Because Bosnian, the the Bosnian refugee crisis was a, the ethnic cleansing of Muslims. So, if for some reason Diana presented as a more darker skinned person, if she was, let's say, olive toned, if she had dark hair, if she if she looked differently. I don't think that they these women would be excusing Diana and her toughness, you know they wouldn't they wouldn't um view it as her being savvy. they would view it as her being sneaky and dangerous because that's the way that people of color are often um treated, and we know that that's how they are uh responded to, I guess. <sighs> but, yeah, I mean, that was it for this episode. You know, I think my the regular feelings stand. Kyle is annoying. Um, Doree is her henchman. Diana is weird. Uh, Garcelle is hilarious. Rinna is just there. Um, Erica is doing the most. Crystal is um, – she got to speak up. I know I've spoken on behalf of her, but I also think that she needs to, like, bring it Because cause I also – I think a thing I did mention before about Crystal is – I know that this all this shit came out about the four the 14 friends or whatever. By the way, it's fucking Teddy Mellencamp written all over it. But if these 14 friends that Crystal is talking about are like the Lizzies and the fucking Charlie Chaplin chick from the OC and all these idiots and what is it, Christine from um, Bling Empire. If it's that group of women and and I think there was some text that went on the internet, the blind items are so confusing. But basically somebody posted a bunch of stuff about like who these oh It was 25,000 sunglasses, Dana. So Dana Pam went on and she talked about these 14 friends and she showed pictures of 14 friends and they're all like women in their 40s and 50s. These older rich women in Beverly Hills, they're all white. And it's possible that those women wanted to be on the show. And at the time when they wanted to be on the show, the rumor is that when they wanted to be on the show, Crystal said it was a dumb show. But then when Teddy got Crystal on the show... um, crystal was like yeah sure i'll do it i do think that crystal thinks that the show is still dumb and i do think that crystal definitely is trying to be the most real person on the show like and that never really pans out well for you i mean it didn't do well for um carol in new york it didn't it's not working for what's her face jackie in new jersey i i think that when you come in trying to be too normal in this group of like wacky ladies and you're look and you're like kind of looking down on them for being wacky, it doesn't do well for you because it's like you're on this wacky show too. So like stop acting like you're above it, you know? But I think that Crystal, I can see Crystal doing those things and I can see it even happening on the show where she definitely looks down on a lot of these people. Um, but at the same and that, I think that's annoying if you're gonna do that, Crystal, like stop it. But at the same time, I very fully believe that these 14 wealthy, rich white women were rubbed the wrong way by Crystal doing this, which again is talking about her feelings and calling out problematic behavior and calling out microaggressions. That is, if that is the reason why they don't want to be her friend, (laughs) fine. That's fine. But the way that this is probably told to these women who likely identify more, like these women as in the cast of Beverly Hills who identify more with these wealthy white women who are super problematic, I can see why they all suddenly feel like anti-crystal, you know? And to that, I say, fuck you guys. <laughs> you yeah. Um Anyway, that's it for this episode. Um... Or no, not this episode, Jesus. That's it for this part of the episode. Um, I'm gonna take a break and I will be back talking to Arthi about Real of Dubai. See you there. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash offer. Arthi, welcome. Hi. I like
1: these new headphones you have now.
0: They are they're, fancy. They're not. They're the cheapest headphones I've ever bought. They're like 25 bucks on Amazon, but they uh-huh. really make me look like a professional because they go over the head.
1: Yeah. But they're but not. They don't have that little mic that comes across your face now.
0: Yeah, of course not, because I've got the professional mic. Mm -hmm. I'm not an air traffic controller.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're not a TV producer, no? I'm not a
0: TV producer, no. I'm just at home in my old Navy clothes. So
1: so before we jump into anything, Mm -hmm. I wanted to have a quick chat about, are you even watching the January 6th hearing and all that?
0: No, I am not. I oh,
1: you should watch- save, you should save it and binge watch it. That is so <laughs> bingeable.
0: Tell me more about this TV show. It's called <laughs> J
1: Six Hearing hashtag J Six Hearing. but just it's like a cliffhanger after cliffhanger, and you just you are just flabbergasted by all the answers, and it, it, the story has so many layers, and then when just when you think you sort of are simple, it's like housewives. So just when you think you don't like somebody, they say something and you're like, oh my God, you were a hero because you stood up to Trump. And then they ask the same person, are you going to sell wood for Trump? And they're like, yeah. And then they're like, oh, you're still a dirtbag. Yeah. So it's like, it's like back and forth. It's so housewifey. It's so bingeable. And if mm. you, if guys, if you are not watching, I suggest that you, save it and you watch it together it's like binge watch it at some point
0: what um what after episode gummy and
1: binge watching it after gummy also helps oh, okay. because the anxiety that you have the fears it's like watching dreadful like stranger things but in real life
0: yeah that's what i was gonna say um yeah. i think the part of it that would take me out is that it it is real life hmm yeah uh what what episode are you on of this television
1: show? <laughs> I'm on episode today's episode four or five okay. I believe i okay. five five I
0: believe, and I oh, have okay. to.
1: I haven't caught on to today's episode yet, but it's on demand <laughs> Rachel, Rachel Meadow has it on demand for me later
0: <laughs> oh, I missed you oh. <laughs> I missed you too. Oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah. all right let's talk about real housewives of dubai so um, that's
1: what's been happening in your life huh real house yeah of dubai. <laughs> I,
0: i've just been you know the only thing that i watch outside of housewives right now or like bravo right now is mm-hmm. uh miss marvel on disney plus oh yeah so i actually was just on uh reality and comics too uh, which is Kendrick Tucker's podcast where he covers Marvel and reality TV. And I was just on his podcast talking about episode three of the show, but it's just so good. And we talk about – me and Raheel talk about it a little bit on the mm-hmm. Patreon mm-hmm. every week. Um, it's just so good. You know, I think Maya would love it. It's just so it, – it's not just they. It's extremely Pakistani. Yeah. It's the only show that I've ever seen That's not Ever. Th- Yeah, that's actually you know that
1: that's another thing, right? Like, and this is to in relevance to Dubai as well is that people club us all together as singular as one thing, just like you know, like Sutton calling everybody Chinese. It's 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 not though. (laughs) Pakistanis are very. You have a very different culture um, than most Indians do. We are similar. And I can understand your culture and you understand my culture and we are familiar with each other's, but you do have a different culture.
0: Yeah. And um, for a lot of Pakistanis, like we have kind of like a dual or triple like immigration story. Like Mm. every, I think every generation of Pakistani in my family, every generation of my family, probably going back before my grandfather.
1: Almost four. Yeah, it's like four yeah, generations.
0: Four, four, Five generations. Five yeah. generations before me have migrated from places. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, I think my, my grandfather's grandfather, mm-hmm. so my great-great-grandfather probably was settled in the place where he was settled in Bihar, and then his Son moved somewhere else, and then my grandfather moved somewhere else, and then my grandfather moved to Pakistan, and my mom moved out of Pakistan to Saudi Arabia, and then from Saudi Arabia, I moved to America. Mm -hmm. So, like, you have these layers, right, of Mm -hmm. of immigration. And some of those moves were pretty traumatic, so extremely traumatic. And so, I think as a result, Pakistanis specifically have like a very interesting. Um, identity, it has a lot of generational trauma mixed into it. So that's Mm -hmm. fun. But um, I think it's an identity that like we've never seen on TV before because I don't I don't think people understand it right like they either want us to be like Arabs mm-hmm. or they want us to be Indian and we're not we're our mm-hmm. own existence so yeah, yeah this Marvel has been wonderful I think Maya would love it um I loved watching Never Have I Ever even though that mm-hmm. was about a South Indian yes. family yeah I loved watching it so much there were so many things that I just felt warm and cozy watching right. so I feel like similarly I think Maya will really really oh, enjoy it too yeah like I, think I we have yet to watch it but yes one it's, day it's, the music is
1: top-notch. Really? Oh, they have, they see music? They have A.R. Yeah,
0: they have, the, yes. Actually, Ooh. just this last episode, they had an A.R. song. Oh, wow. Yes, and this is a Disney show. They wow. have Urdu. They yeah. say prayers. And, I mean, this is this last episode, episode three, they showed a Muslim wedding. Mm. I've never even seen a Muslim wedding depicted like that on in a Bollywood movie. mm This is the most accurate version of a Muslim wedding I have ever seen in my life in Mm. popular media. Oh wow. it was it was so good. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm gonna watch it. I cry every episode.
1: (gasps) But you cry for a lot. But I I cry. But you
0: know, I cry. Yeah. (laughs) Okay.
1: I laugh through my pain, you openly cry.
0: (laughs) You know what? Uh, Why not both? Like that Ortega girl? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, let's talk about houses of Dubai. So Mm -hmm. um, this is a very Caroline Stanbury heavy episode because she finally decided that she's going to start filming with the group.
1: It's a Caroline Stanbury meteoric crash episode, I feel (laughs) like. This is... This is, she's heavy, but she's like dropping it to earth because she's too heavy. It's, oh it's, God. it's, it, yeah, it was, it, it, this is, this is the episode where I finally said, we don't need her in this show. Yes, thank you for thank introducing you. us to the other ladies. Now you may leave. Yeah. You may leave now, Caroline. Yeah. We don't need you for the storyline. We don't need, and, and when you do show up, you're not even interesting. You You are downright mean, borderline racist. I don't even need you there.
0: Thank you. It's like Heather Dubrow said to Shannon Bedore, mm-hmm. we're done. Please leave. Yes. That's yes. That's how I feel. Yes. She is married to an absolute imbecile.
1: Yeah. Apparently, we discovered that he's not just a toy boy. He's the worst kind of toy boy.
0: Yeah. So mm-hmm. in real life, he apparently his old tweets came out and mm. – um I must have retweeted him a million times because I was like, "Look at this fucking idiot!" <laughs> um, so he's dropping the N word. He was talking about Trump, but then on this on the episode, he doesn't understand how surrogacy works, and he's Caroline's doing- like. Caroline's like, you know, this is the age difference coming into play where he doesn't quite understand that sex isn't the only way to make babies. He's almost 30. Like, I sometimes think like maybe he was
1: like a virgin and she's the only person he's had sex with. And that's why he's so, so attached to her like a puppy dog.
0: You think so? I feel like he's so, he doesn't seem very experienced. So I was reading, I mean, again, this is from Twitter. So I me- once remember mm. reading like a tweet thread from somebody from the UK and they were talking about how you know, people who play professional football or soccer mm. in the UK or like in Europe, it's a very mm-hmm. different thing because these are little, like they're high school kids. Mm. They're high school kids. Oh, he becomes, was a professional soccer player. I don't yeah, even know who, what he, he was. I think He used to play for Real Madrid.
1: So ah, okay.
0: Uh, which is question mark. I just know that because people say it sometimes. But um, there is a thread about how basically like, you know, US athletes, like professional athletes, they still have to go through college mm-hmm. before they become, you know, professional athletes. And we mm-hmm. still think that they're stupid, right? Like, we still know that rookies that come into like professional athletics in like the United States were like, mm-hmm. oh, this kid does not know how to spend their money, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. But they at least have gone to college. Mm-hmm. The kids that go through through like become professional football players apparently in the mm. UK they're they're just kids like oh, wow. you know true butchie and yeah. so I was like maybe that's why Sergio's an idiot because how and then I was like I'm just how how far down did Caroline Stanberry fall to have married somebody so after Jem. after Jem after Jem and then Like, she seemed like somebody who had no tolerance for stupidity on Lady of Right? For her to marry this person who is possibly dumber than her kids? Yeah. I'm very confused. Yeah. Also, I can see her extensions nonstop. The whole show.
1: I am telling you, she did a big mistake going, you know, letting Luke go and picking a heterosexual Luke for her to fuck with. That's all it is. Like, she found herself a minion... Who's also willing to have sex with her. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to do your hair and makeup. So what's the point? You look
0: terrible having sex with him. Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, like Caroline Brooks is opening up a spot, which I think is really cool that she wants Mm -hmm. to create this spot. Maybe that will help her. But I mean it seems like the spas and salons in Dubai must not be great cuz they don't even know how to do white lady hair. So like yeah. what's going on over there? And she's like, you know, Caroline Stanberry is like an, a a major skin and hair care like influencer mm-hmm. in Dubai. Yeah. I'm like I don't This understand. is not this is not good for her. Yeah. Um what do you think about Nina?
1: I think Nina works for the tourism department. Um I think Nina's husband is letting her yeah be um yeah. there but with very strict directions of you cannot embarrass me, you cannot get into fights, you cannot do anything that will jeopardize my business. And so she's very careful. If there's if there's a flare up of an argument, she leaves. She yeah. escapes, she gets up and walks away. She does that multiple times during the arguments. Um, she tries to stand away or walk away and be out of the out of the um, camera angle, which was weird to watch, if you notice. And yeah. um, and her husband looks like um, Shake from Love is Blind, just got older. Oh, my
0: God. he? so accurate. Yeah. Like a bearded, older, rich, mm-hmm. like, a you know, who ate well. Mm hmm. You know, and I think thinking? she
1: cannot believe that she's gotten somebody that rich, and she's still not. She's still very insecure about where she comes from, and so she's always pointing out all the money stuff. And they're always talking about money. And the way he t- he talks about money, and the way like, do you want a single, uh, you know, do you want like a two letter uh, license plate because that'll cost me 30000 dollars, or whatever he's always throwing money in the money at her and at the camera. So he did really remind me of shake. He was like, okay, he's just showing off. Like there's something weird about both of them.
0: They're, first of all, so boring. Secondly, Nina reminds me of like Kyle early on in Beverly Hills. And even she even does that now where she'll be Mm. like, oh, you know, spending this much money is just like what you do in Beverly Hills. And like Nina kind of does the same thing. But she also, just like Kyle, pretends to be like faux modest, be like, Mm -hmm. I like to keep my kids grounded, but Mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to Uber myself this like, you know, six figure watch on vacation. You know, like that's the kind of person that Nina is. And like, Nina, it doesn't work for Kyle. That's, I mean, she's very yeah, boring. Yeah. The only time Kyle is interesting is Nina when she starts... Nina isn't very
1: interesting it. in in her fashion or her comebacks or her storyline. None of it is interesting. Nice. All she has is the, that she has a ton of money. Tons of money. Tons of that. money, and that's about it. And, you know, who knows where that money is coming from, too, so...
0: Apparently, Bitcoin.
1: Ugh. Yeah, so it's not even
0: real money. At some point, it's going to disappear. <laughs> <laughs> it, to the point where, when they get that their friend Bijan's birthday invitation right. and they're looking at it, there's like a big Bitcoin ad in the middle, and it's because her husband, if you notice the agency, she he goes he he runs like some sort of a Bitcoin Bit, Bitcoin bank. management service, yeah. yeah, which I still don't understand because I don't get Bitcoins, Mm-mm. yeah, it's, currency I don't understand. Um, okay. Let's talk about Chanelion going on the stroll with her sweet, sweet Idaho husband Chris. I
1: think this is the Chanelons show. Yes. I think they should just not call it uh, real Housewives. They should just call it something around Chanelion because I I truly after this episode, I started thinking that this may not last, this may not come back. Because Mm -hmm. not enough has happened unless something happens during, and maybe now Lisa is getting all pissed off and she's showing her colors, so maybe something will happen there, and maybe Phaedra will come and you know stir it up a little bit. But so far, the only person I am interested in knowing and getting to know and understanding and watching is Chanel. She's and she is she is such a quintessential, quintessentially made for TV. She's beautiful, she's kind, she's funny without yeah. trying to be funny. It, yeah. part of it is her lack her understanding of the English language. part <laughs> of it is the misuse of the language. Uh, but it all comes from a very genuine place of a, a, a fun mix of delusion of and you know, um, images of grandeur. As well as being actually rooted to the ground. It's like she's aware of where she's come from and she brings that all the time, but at the same time, she's also aware of she could be flying high any any given moment and she deserves to do so. So Yeah. I absolutely well, love her.
0: I think the great thing about Chanel Ayan is that she feels like anything that she says on camera, I feel like she would tell me if I was like, you know, waiting in yeah. line for coffee. Right. Like, she wouldn't – if I asked her, like, oh, where did you meet your husband? She'd be like, girl, you won't believe it. I was supposed to marry my cousin, okay? Don't worry. It's not weird that I was going to marry my cousin. Yeah, it's fine.
1: It's fine. He was hot. hot. He was hot.
0: He was really hot. I was betrothed to my hot cousin a week before my wedding. I ran away. My parents were pissed because the goats were bought, the rice was made, and the neighbors got three cows. (laughs) My parents are mad, but it worked out because my husband did pay dowry. (laughs) How much did
1: you pay? How much did you pay? Like, how much dowry did you pay? She's like, what am
0: I worth? What am I worth? (laughs) My husband who looked like a young Van Damme. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Also, also. I this is like a side note. I just want to say something. This is really special to me. So the sh- the scene starts with um Chanel walking with her husband and uh you hear the call to prayer in the background mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or the azan, and she's reciting along with it. And she's mm-hmm. it's actually quite beautiful that she's reciting along with it. I do think that she comes from a Muslim family or like a blended family, because I know yeah. that, like kind of like in the in the West Indies, I know that also in a lot of African countries. They have families where you can be like Christian and Muslim mm-hmm. and all these different right. Mm-hmm. So so because just based on the fact that her mom's name is her name is Ayan, her mom's name is Miriam, and she has a cousin named Hossein. I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. mm, pretty sure she comes from Muslim family. Yeah. But she's reciting I thought along she was
1: Muslim it. too. I, I assumed she was Muslim. I do not right. know why I didn't,
0: yeah. But she's reciting along with it. I thought it was important because the only other time we've ever seen the call to prayer is in Shads of Sunset. Mm -hmm. And on that episode... It yeah. was shown very in a lot of negative connotation. Correct. It was Mike saying that he has major PTSD, and when he hears it, it terrifies him, and he hates the sound, and blah blah yeah. blah. Yeah. And it was so negative, and it's very upsetting. Yeah. It was upsetting for me because I know that in like various parts of this country, when mm-hmm. a mosque opens up, there yeah. are racists in town that will protest against it because they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? Start hearing the call to prayer and like mm-hmm. you know hearing they're like." terrorist call to prayer it's there's mm-hmm. a lot of negative connotation right. about the call to prayer and i think that this was the only time i've ever seen it shown where it was actually quite beautiful
1: yeah and she was reciting and she's like do you like it do, doesn't it sound great i i read online somebody else was uh commenting yesterday that she had the wrong interpretation of what the co- the prayer was about, but uh, but she was saying it correctly, which uh, okay, which good. oftentimes is the case because even in India, I know my Muslim friends they would because Quran is in Arabic and they don't speak Arabic, they speak Urdu, mm-hmm. they sometimes don't know the actual translation and what it's it's like um, Bible in Latin, right? So like yeah. Italians and Latin and um bible being catholics and bible being recited in latin but you don't know what it means you only know the translation of it so um yeah that, or like that was like also something Hindus. interesting that um i noticed was that her husband was like yeah it's beautiful and mm-hmm. he is so supportive of her so and sweet. he just yeah. finds her to be extremely he doesn't not only find her to be attractive and beautiful but also so hilarious and amusing and he just absolutely loves it yeah interesting yeah. yeah
0: yeah yeah he he adores her she yeah. says she says remember when we went on your on our first date you tried to kiss me and i said no and or then she said he said yeah i tried to kiss you and you said no and then she she volunteered she said yeah but on the second date, i showed you <laughs> my she- boobs <laughs> she makes me so happy yeah do you
1: want to so do you want to say anything about the cousin marrying stuff? <laughs> <laughs> okay. she says it so casually and i appreciated her saying it casually
0: yeah. because
1: in the rest of the world a lot of these things are not considered necessarily taboo but also not considered newsworthy
0: Listen, it happened uh, whatever in Europe, in Europe cousins used to marry each other and then they decided at some point that they wouldn't and then they stopped. Look, I'm mm-hmm. I am not married to my cousin and mm-hmm. I would have never married a cousin, but my parents are second cousins mm-hmm. and this is a common practice in a lot of other parts of the world because mm-hmm. at a long time ago, the world was very small. And you didn't you- go far to find your other maid. And yeah. sometimes they were in the next village and there was some kind of relationship somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> and so, and look, Hussein was hot. Okay. Yeah. She thought he was hot. She loved him so much. She obviously wouldn't be with him for other purposes because of body fluid. <laughs> Exchange why did she say blo- body fluiding she didn't she say says, yes. yeah she says other purposes of body fluiding but i think what she's trying to say is i wouldn't exchange body fluids with him <laughs> <I know. laughs> meaning like i won't have sex with him I but know. i do love him but i, I just know. like love i love everything about her so she says this thing about dowry and it's a very <laughs> even dowry she deals with it very like in india dowry is
1: it's a whole other it's a whole connotating thing. in India because in India women are, are can be tortured and there can be yes. a lot of domestic violence that comes from not receiving enough dowry with the girl yeah. when the girl got married and all that and th- that has been a huge problem in India but in certain other countries dowry is not considered it's almost considered almost like a funny thing to do like yeah. I have four goats and I give you two cows, and here's the dowry, and it's not such a big deal as it is in India. It's not used as a weapon to terrorize and so I have a question. You know, enslave people and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, I have a question. In India, is the dowry given to the groom's family from the girl's family? Yeah. Okay, so in Islam and the way that she's yeah. talking about it, she says we don't do anything for free in my culture. Yeah. I that's how it is. So for us, it's the dowry is the groom gives money to the bride's bride's family. family. So that's that's
1: actually empowering. Yeah, because then it kind of it kind of, but it also doesn't because in India it leads to, you know, female infanticide where they kill baby. They used to kill baby girls, and then they it also resulted in a lot of women getting married and then being tortured domestically having a lot of violence against them because they were their parents they didn't come with all the money they were supposed to come with and they you know that kind of stuff where they were used basically was it's it's it was used as a weapon to basically cause uh, enslave women and when it is when it makes a woman um weaker in society, then it becomes a bad thing. But if it empowers a woman, then it becomes a good thing. The original idea of dowry was that a woman would get married and go to her husband's house and she would have no wealth of her own when she went to this new family. Mm -hmm. And in ancient times, they would never, once you got married and left, you might not come back to your, um, uh, your maternal home for life. So you were, because you were permanently moving with your husband and you were leaving your maternal home to go maybe multiple villages and multiple kingdoms away and you weren't coming back. So you always left. They gave you a lot of money. The family would give you money for you, for your security. But somewhere along the line, it got turned into that money belonged to the husband
0: for having to take care of you Yeah,
1: going forward.
0: And also, remember, I've, I've mentioned this before in the podcast about like the Islamic prenup. This mm-hmm. is kind of where it is. Like, we don't really do dowries. It's mm-hmm. more so, like, the money goes to the bride. And yeah. it's up to her whether she wants that money up front or mm-hmm. if she wants it possibly at the end of this marriage. Right. So your prenup would have in it a predetermined amount for dowry. Yeah. Um And whether or not you get it then or later or, yeah. you know. Even cases. now, I mean, all – Indian women, when they get
1: married, they do get a lot of gold and jewelry and money and all that from their family that they would take to their, after they get married, that that's gift given to the bride and not to anybody else. But it also comes down to how empowered are the women and can they keep control over that money? Because it's not, it's not, you know, it's not in a legal account in a bank. It's like actual physical gold or bangles or jewelry or something of that nature. Right.
0: So yeah, somebody could
1: forcibly take it from them.
0: Yeah. So speaking of empowered women, Mm -hmm. um, can we talk about Sarah? So she goes to lunch with Caroline Stanberry and they (sighs) talk about whatever Chanel and Lisa and whatever, but that's not important. Sarah says that she doesn't drink because she drank once and got really sick. First of all, I call bullshit. Yes. You don't, you don't accidentally drink a whole drink. Yeah, and not know that there's alcohol in it. Okay, she you know that I ordered a
1: martini. She literally said, "I
0: ordered a, a no." She said, "I ordered a cocktail." A cocktail It's a cocktail, Mama. It wasn't a yeah. mocktail. Yeah. And then she's like, "Oh, I got really sick, and that's why I don't drink." Look, no, no shade to her that she doesn't drink. I mostly she doesn't don't drink, drink because a, either she doesn't like drinking, or B, it's just because of religion. She does.
1: She doesn't want to drink, and she might as well say that.
0: Yeah, and. And that's fine, whatever yeah. her reason is for not drinking. I appreciate yeah. that she's on the show and she's not cheersing yeah. champagne and all of that. I think that's great. I like the fact that she wears modest clothing. But can we talk about the fact that Sarah was engaged? So you know how her, her son said at one point, no, you were married three times, not two mm-hmm. times. So she was married twice. And her last engagement was just a couple of years ago to this guy whose name I'm forgetting. I think it was like Michael Marone or Michelle Marone or something mm-hmm. like that. And he is an actor from exotic movies. (gasps) And apparently he was married at the time that she got engaged to him. Ooh. So like Sarah, I would like to hear more about that eventually. Mm. Can you please actually open up about your life after – The sixth sec, maybe Mm -hmm. by the second season, because but she brings
1: it up as she presents it as hey, no, this is somebody I was married. She doesn't present it as a matter of fact, and this is what happened. She says it as this is I was rebelling, and this is why I was doing that. That's sort of I'm I'm getting over that. I'm like, okay, enough of
0: that. You're
1: just being normal, Yeah. yeah.
0: I, and also, I like. She's always talks about like I'm rebellious because, you know, I just don't like to follow rules. Well, you're also rebellious because you're extremely privileged. You know, her yes. title, her yeah. title is her Excellency, right she's like she's linked to the highest powers of Dubai so she or uh, the Emirates so it's not like she's just like your casual girl who like gets to get tattoos and be engaged to hot actors from pornos yeah like I had a quick question for you and I don't know
1: this and I'm ashamed that I don't know this I should know this I because I've always only seen Emirati's um saudis and emiratis and saudis maybe not so much but emiratis i've only seen them as um i've only seen them as very rich emiratis i do are there poor emiratis are there is there a different class of different uh, are there is there a middle class emirati middle class is there a poor middle class a poor emirati group I feel like everybody is rich because everybody, there was, there's only few, there was such a small group of people to begin with and all the oil is belongs to them. So they must all be rich.
0: So, so when I say like your average, like Arab person in like the Middle East is yeah. not privileged, I do mean that anybody who is not Emirati is not privileged the way that these people are and when she talks about like oh we're the minorities in this country yes they are the minorities but by By no means are they treated yeah Yeah, it's by numbers by no means are they treated like minority we know that you have to get a special like connection to even live in a part of the city that is only exclusively made for emiratis only so like there's a lot of exclusionary shit you cannot get so if you look at citizenship they are the only citizens there's nobody else nobody else gets citizenship Exactly. So, the reason why Saudis are so wealthy and Emiratis are so wealthy and all the Enkataris are so wealthy is because there's a very few of them within the tribe. Yeah. They got the oil. You know, yeah. and they made a ton of money. They created these royal families, and then they got a bunch of people from all over the world to come and invest in their country and mm-hmm. build and have employees. And it was yeah. like, you know, a blank state slate for capitalists to create an economy there right. and make money there. And so when she talks about rebelling and doing all these things, those are not things that all people can do, those are only things that very privileged people can do. And And that's not so when when you say all, you're talking about
1: other Muslims in other Muslim countries. Yes, yes, of course. You're talking about Yemenis, you're talking about Pakistanis, where there is different classes of people, and there's money is not everybody's rich, or there's one percent rich, and then everybody a ninety-eight percent, ninety-nine percent is
0: poor, right? Yeah, like an an Egyptian lives in somebody from Egypt or somebody from Syria or somebody from Lebanon lives Mm -hmm. in the Emirates. Mm -hmm. Unless they're rich because they work at a very good company or mm-hmm. something you don't come in there and have all the privileges of an Emirati woman with a title right. for excellency okay right like i do think some of that is bullshit but at the same time i guess you could say the same about america right like we know right. that these women on these reality tv shows in america are going to get away with correct way more right luann said she was going to kill a cop
1: yeah and she didn't get killed in, in turn. She hit a yeah. cop and she
0: didn't get she killed. She hit a cop. Yeah. She yeah. got a slap on the wrist and a bologna yeah. sandwich. And that yeah. was it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So this party happens. Mm-hmm. And um, I did like that they talked about bahun, which is like uh, incense. And that's like, it's mm. it's like a very common thing where you light like oud. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's a particular middle. And my mom lights it all the time. It gives bahun, me a headache. Is it, what that.
1: is it called again? Bahun. Bahun. Yeah, okay. um, I have never heard of it. So
0: it's I'm like learning. it's like um. Well, you know, like I don't know if you know, uh, well, like, you know, you when do what do you light like the incense that you light? Agarbati, we call it agarbati. It's like yeah. agarbati, but yeah. except it's like a, an Arab version of an agarbati. That's okay. basically what it is. Okay. Um. So they have this party for this random dude named Bijan. It's just uh-huh. a filming party, yeah. And Caroline finally shows up to film with the group, and she crashes and burns because she's too drunk she's hammered i didn't for so first of all i didn't even realize that
1: was bijan's party because they showed bijan talking and you know uh nina planning it but then the yes. the party comes on and there's no speech for bijan there's no happy birthday to bijan none of it it's just like random <laughs> shows happening people are performing and then there, there's this one high table where all these ladies are crowded around And they are getting mad at each other. And I don't even know. I didn't even realize. I was like, what event is this? Where are they? They never (laughs) set up this event. I never even knew that was his party party. Uh,
0: So Uh. what do you think about when Stanberry says, my husband has become one of them? I thought, (sighs) I don't think
1: she, I don't know. I don't know. It was so close to saying those two black girls, right? (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And I think yep. even even Caroline Brooks was like, "Huh? What do you mean them?" Yep. She leaned over and she was like, "Them? What do you mean them?" Yep. She and, and I don't think Caroline even realized that she was doing that to these two black girls, but she was saying it in a sense of you both. Are, she was she sees them in as one monolithic person and. Yep. Lisa had just told her, don't think of us as a monolithic group. We are different people. Don't do that. And Caroline missed that entire, the implication, reading between the lines of what Lisa was saying. Lisa was saying that without telling her, don't think she and I, just because we are both black doesn't mean that I will not call her out if she does something wrong. We are not monolithic. And she was trying to point that out to Caroline but Caroline didn't even get it.
0: She doesn't. She doesn't even get it a little bit and then she also says, "Well, I hope she's going to suck your dick. It's yeah. a whole mess." And then she goes away, comes back and pretends like
1: she She didn't never say said it. it.
0: And then I think it's because and she's And did you hammered. see how Nina,
1: how quickly Nina excused herself from that situation? Yep, she right She immediately knew that this is not something she needed to be there for. She was like, there's going to be a mess and I don't want to be part of it. And she walked away. I was like, Nina, you have no
0: backbone. I thought it was really messed up that like, I, first of all, I was disappointed in Caroline Brooks for kind of brushing yeah. it under the rug. Um, Sarah walks in and kind of plays to tries to be peacemaker and Ayan says, look, I want to get to know you. I don't really have a beef with you. I want to get to know mm-hmm. you. I think you're a good person. And then suddenly everybody starts cheering, saying, yeah, yeah, okay, we're all good people. Let's just hug it out. And and and, and Caroline
1: in that moment realizes she had fucked up. And yes. so when they start pushing her and
0: they like, just hug, just hug. She puts on this fake smile and comes over and hugs She's, her. I don't think that Caroline Stanberry, if you asked her the next day what happened at that party, I don't think she, she, she would have remembered. She was yeah, like blackout she, drunk.
1: Yeah and she was in the um, she was in watch what happens live after the show. Oh. What did she say there? He was asking her would she mean like yeah he he was he was being all in their team and not on my team or something like that she said that. But she didn't she didn't think that she did anything wrong. She didn't say anything that Yeah, I mean you she know, we like she shouldn't have
0: done that. We talk about microaggressions all the time. We don't think that people actively try to um be racist all the time but when you don't actively try to be mindful of stereotypes and mindful of the way that people of color should be spoken to or mindful of the triggers that people of color have then yeah. you're kind of still a piece of shit like at your big I age- hate it when in at my
1: workplace I'm one of maybe four or five people of color Yeah but in, in the leadership position I'm the only I have only one other person who's at the same level as me, That who's also a person of color. And we get clubbed together. Have, it's like always my name and her name together. And Artie yeah. and so-and-so. Artie yeah. and so-and-so. Oh, of course, Artie and so-and-so. They're like, literally, even if you look at their emails, they put my name. And you know how the people type out names yeah. in the email? It, my name and then it will be her name because people thought of her right away or yeah. people wrote her name and they thought of me right away. And it's like, no, we have different opinions and different feelings and we have different agendas too. When yeah. we are sitting there and talking about certain things, we have different agendas. Don't make us... We have know, different we,
0: accomplishments. Are,
1: yeah. We have different it's, accomplishments and we have different dreams to accomplish. Yes,
0: yes exactly. And I, it just, it takes away so much of that person's autonomy. Mm-hmm. It takes away so much of that person's identity and... I think Lisa was totally on point to be like, okay, do not group me in. Do not group mm-hmm. us together. Stop looking right. at us as the same person. We are not. Stop grouping us together. Right. She said it to her multiple times, but I really do think that Caroline Stanberry was, one, extremely drunk. But, yeah. two, I don't think that she understands the way that I these don't words- I don't think she gets
1: race. I don't think Caroline not understands – because she's grown up in British UK. aristocracy. And she's yeah. been surrounded with white Saxon, Anglo-Saxons throughout her life. She
0: dated Prince Andrew, guys. Yeah. Um. She also, like, we also have to remember that in the UK, they didn't have a civil rights movement. So it's not really spoken of. Race is not spoken of in the same way. But also it's, it's, not a, dealt it's, it's with the a, same way. And it's not understood in a similar way. And it's very segregated. Right. So... It's and in not- British
1: society, race is a problem for the middle class, not for the, yes. the yes, super rich. Exactly. Well, exactly. it's true here as well. Race is not a problem here. Just like
0: Sutton doesn't notice it.
1: Yes. It's the same thing.
0: Exactly. And Caroline Stanbury probably is somebody who would say, I didn't even think about the color when I was yeah. talking to yeah. you. Yeah. But I don't see the color is what Sutton and Caroline would say. Are, yeah, but people of color are are telling you. Please do see my color so that you can be a little bit more mindful of the things that you say to me because my experience is different than yours. That's the point. That's the point, Yolanda. Like, come on. Yeah. And then they did this, like, very glitzy selling sunset ending. I was like, what is this? I didn't
1: understand that. It was like a whole – yeah, it was like all these – for no particular reason. They also did the closet thing with the with the mask and everything. They did that again yeah. this year. Yeah. This time around. There was a lot of interstitial music and cutout. It was cute in the first episode. In the second episode, it was a little too much. I mean, like, okay, move on.
0: Yeah. And then
1: there was a whole the, the whole thing at the end of was like a long.
0: It was not like short. It was like was a like, long. I was like, is this like a, a whole season? Yeah. I was like, is this a <laughs> mid season trailer? Like I what know. am I watching? I know. It
1: was like something they would do at the end of the season and then they would pop up different people's updates. That's what it felt like, that there was an update popping coming up soon. And I also think that um, the, the, the whole thing was like afterwards, it was Sergio just being a complete was and like trying to calm her down and like just be cool just be normal normal normal, just be normal and she was treating him like shit and he was putting up with it like licking his wounds and just tucking his tail behind and just he did nothing wrong in talking to chanel he was talking he was having a very decent conversation because he's trying to get a baby in the baby room But that's happening in the surrogacy. And, you know, Andy asked, uh, Andy pushed them for baby information. And she said, yeah, we're going to have a baby. Then he says, are you going to carry the baby? And he just kept pushing. And she was like, there was like an awkward silence. And then she said, yeah, I will. And then even Sergio in the audience looked all shocked. And I was like, maybe she has surrogate going on. Why are you pushing, Andy? I hate when people ask older women, or women or even younger women, you shouldn't ask them if they can carry yeah. a baby or are they going to carry a baby. You don't know what's going to happen. Pregnancy and infertility it's... can be such a sensitive issue. You shouldn't be talking about it.
0: Yeah. they're The whole thing is a mess. Sergio's stupid, but it, I guess Caroline isn't that much smarter. They're both yeah. just, you know, she's trying to get that reality TV money. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, there's a really big house that's being made, and there's a baby room in there, and I really yeah. want to make money. with What this do you woman. think
1: of Phaedra coming back coming next week?
0: This is going to be a very Phaedra heavy couple of days for me because I plan on watching Real Housewives Ultimate. Oh, I just started watching that. Yeah. So FYI, everybody who's listening, I'm going to be covering the first episode for that on our Saturday episode, and uh, my brother Raheel is going to come on to talk about episode Poor two. Raheel.
1: Don't make me do that. It's too much. You know
0: what? It's a labor of love. (sighs) It's too much. But it's very laborious. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel whatever about Phaedra. Yeah. Question
1: mark.
0: eh, Shrug emoji.
1: The fact that that actually makes me question Caroline Brooks a lot. But yes, Caroline I don't find Caroline Caroline Brooks Caroline to be Brooks. super interesting. I find her to be thirsty, but I don't find her to be super interesting
0: That conversation with her son was so fake, right? Like, where she was like, they bully you. And I was like, mm-hmm. he was like, um, I'm fine. I'm fine. We He's can like, but I thing. have to be worried about it, but I'm fine. She's not interesting enough and she's very, uh, she's very shady. And I'm like, I really need you to pep it up. Yeah. If you're just going to be a bad guy, be a full bad guy. I think she has to bring
1: more to the table than just saying I'm going to build this far uh, thing and I'm going. I have I made my own money and I live here and my- I'm rich. There has yeah. to be more to her, <sighs> other than her annoying Chanel, which maybe that's her. That's her role that she keeps irritating Chanel to get. So we get some
0: like beautiful moments with Chanel. <laughs> yeah. Arthur, thank you for coming on to talk oh, about. You're welcome. It's it so funny. Thanks for you. recommending a great television show in the top of this conversation.
1: I just yeah, I have to talk about Chanel Ion. I think she's my next favorite. No, I'm talking
0: about the the January oh. 6th hearings. Oh,
1: January 6th hearings. Yes. That's a great show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if they did a roadshow and asked about me, I would buy tickets. <laughs>
0: Road show?
1: Yeah. Are you gonna go I'm on gonna tour like with a live the show? show?
0: Live show? I would buy tickets. <laughs> go for the VIP tickets. Get take pictures. If somebody gave you tickets, they were there was like a viewing party at like mm-hmm. a movie theater, would you go? Yeah. Oh, you would go. <laughs>
1: It is interesting. I'm telling you. Uh, it is very well done. There's no yelling. There's no barking. There's no Jim Jordan cutting people off. <laughs> it's just it's just a documentary
0: presentation. Jim Jordan with his like kind of dingy looking white shirts that are like never yeah, ironed enough. Never they ironed enough. I'm like, You're,
1: the collar size is wrong for you, sir. <laughs> That's too big a collar. You're not that wide. You don't have that many that much muscle look get a smaller shirt you're a medium don't don't walk around wearing a large you're not large you have no muscle uh, tone uh, anyway but yeah it, it's actually very well done and very well produced and very well presented and it's like well easy it's easy to understand they're building a story it's like episode <laughs> after episode and you're just like okay what's new What's happening next? What new new character is going to be introduced in the next episode? (laughs) Oh man. But this better end with an arrest or a few arrests and it better end with the jail time because this is ridiculous. If we go sit through all of that and it comes to not,
0: maybe my time to move to Dubai. (laughs) <laughs> where apparently the same things happen, where mm-hmm. the to yeah. get away with a slap yeah, on the wrist. But rest, maybe so. I you can get ice ice in my swim, swimming pool. So yeah, that's true. We can all pray for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>